Live from the back alley on the Augustana University campus in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, it's the Midtown Coffee Radio Hour. I'm Dave Holly, and with me is the House Blend, led by Nick Jackson on piano, guitar, and ukulele. Wade Gamar and Marn Angle on lead vocals, Matt Morrison on bass and backup vocals, Tyson Kahn on drums, and Crystal Peterson on fiddle. Blend, take it away. Everybody here be drinking that coffee down when you hear that Midtown sound. Someone order me a Midtown Brown, find a hook and nook and stick around. around. It's a place to find common ground while we smelling them coffee grounds. Shall we talk about common nouns? People, places, things, things profound. profound. Did you know we all world renowned? Well, at least in our own hometown. You'll be leaving this place spellbound. So come on down, y'all, to Midtown. Midtown Coffee Radio Hour. Midtown. Midtown Coffee Radio Hour. We got books on shelves up and down. Even some about a queen and a crown. So if you're lost and you're looking to be found, our books will help you come, come on down. The Grandma Ogre special keeps you unwound. Our Debbie's brownies might add a few pounds. These yummy treats about to be down. I'll take two, so I, I ain't, ain't no, no clown. clown. Wade and Martin's voices will astound. Nick, Matt, Crystal, Tyson, now the house blends sound. Dave's the host and Adam runs the sound. Tina's our idea gal. What <laughs> two at midtown? Welcome back to Midtown during our most favorite time of the year, fall. By round of applause, whose favorite season is fall? Pretty good. The leaves, the sports, the flannel, the vibe, the hooger, and of course, it's the best. You know who else is the best? Our guest tonight, Mo Hurley. Creator of Fear Falls Radio Theater, Mo is going to regale us with one of her spooky stories later in the show. Now to our theme, Happy Hoogaween, We're All Gonna Die. You might be thinking, well, that's dark. It is dark. And also it's true. 
The fact that none of us are getting out of here is both obvious and impossible. And by here, I mean Earth, not the back alley. <laughs> of course not. You're all perfectly safe here. Uh, anyway, you know, that reminds me of the leaves. I just, you know, love the way that the leaves start. Oh, what is... Hey, what's that sound? You know, I, I could swear... Really? I could swear that I see gnome hats. Anastasia? Sir Kensington, is that you? tonight to begin the festivities of All Hallows' Eve. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. We couldn't wait any longer to share our candies and our song. Ready, Anastasia? Yes. One, two, one, two, three. <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on a minute. For our newer audience members, I must explain. We've been interrupted by the mischievous gnomes that live in the Jackson's tree. Legend has it that they only become human-sized for one night a year, All Hallows' Eve. But here you are, human-sized, in the middle of my monologue here, live on the air. How is this possible? Uh, I may have told Mother Gnome that it was All Hallows' Eve so we could sneak some potion and make it out for the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to hear our song, Mr. Dave Holly? Yes, Mr. Dave Holly, we want to share our love for All Hallows' Eve through candy and song. Will you let us, please? <sighs> all right, all right, you little gnomes, let's hear it. <clears throat> for one night a year, we all shout and cheer, it's All Hallows' Eve. We harvest the garden and eat all the food and steal all the candy that's left in the hood. <laughs> and then just for one night we grow with our might on all Hallows' Eve. Well, that was very special. Thank you. Since I have you up here, can you help me finish my monologue? Uh, tell me, what do you gnomes happen to believe? What do they happen to believe after they die? Why, we forest gnomes believe that we came from emeralds and become them once more when we finish our time here on the crust of the earth. What do humans believe about death? Well, that's not really a consensus about what happens after we, dry, we die. So we are kind of stuck with our life right now, on the Earth's crust, as you say, just knowing that this won't go on forever. Don't worry, Mr. Dave Holly. I'm sure you'll turn into some kind of precious gem. Oh, well, that's very nice of you, Anastasia. Say, my monologue time is up, and I need to introduce our first song. Hey, we just sang your first song, Mr. Dave Holly. <laughs> oh, yes, my apologies. Our second song of the night. Now off you go, little gnomes. Mother Gnome is sure to notice the moon phase soon and realize she's been had. Off with you now. 
Without further ado, the House Blend brings you a spooky, folky duet, Dearly Departed, by Shaky Graves, featuring Esme Patterson. presented by the Midtown Spookeasy. During this most spooky time of the year, Midtown becomes a commune saloon after dark. <laughs> Is that your great aunt, Ragna Hild? 
Your Grandpa Joe? Why, yes, yes, all the spirits are here. The ghosts of Midtown join us at the bar for some cocktails so good, they're scary. We have Witch's Brew, a citrusy favorite with the ladies. The Corpse Reviver, a ghoulish take on gin and tonic. And of course, Hex on the Beach. <laughs> you won't want to miss a chance to drink with your great, great pop-pop, would ya? It's the Midtown Spookeasy. It makes you feel right at home. Come on down to Midtown, where the coffee's strong, the nooks are hygge, and the parking is limited. <laughs> ghosts. What do we think about ghosts? If I'm being honest, I don't think they're real, but being haunted by the memory of someone is all too real. Here's Ghost covered by Josiah and the Bonnevilles, originally by Justin Bieber. Halloween, the costumes, the candy, the community. I think the awesomeness of Halloween might be the only thing that Americans can agree on these days. 
And with Halloween just around the corner, the Halloween themes are plentiful in our feeds, which means it's time for another Marin's Memes. <laughs> Marin, how do you feel? We moved it way up early in the show. I know. You guys have to keep your energy up. I know you wait for the entire show for this moment, so keep the energy going. So to fill you in, we're trying something a little new tonight. Usually, Marin gets the meme way ahead of time. I am going to surprise Marin with the meme tonight. So Marin has not seen said meme yet oh, no. and must describe this meme in the moment for our radio listeners because... Nick doesn't like that I'm the best part of the show, and so he's, he's trying to sabotage. I'm trying to find out ways to knock you down a peg. So, Marin, here is the meme. There you go. Explain. Okay, this is good. I like it. I like. I use this meme a lot. Um, you guys have seen the Great Gatsby, the new Great Gatsby. So you know the meme where Leo's got the martini and he's like, and he's just looking cute. Tell, tell um, us more about how he's looking cute. Describe his facial really expressions. He's just really cute. He looks smug. He looks... Um, <laughs> he's at a lavish party. He's very wealthy. Um, he's just Leo doing Leo stuff. This movie's just basically about Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and so it's him toasting, probably to himself. And it says... It says, to those who give out full-size candy bars. <laughs> Cheers to you. You know who you are. It's not my parents. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Just kidding. They give great candy. She did pretty well in the moment. Yeah, it was pretty, what do you guys think? So we wrote a little skit um, based off that meme. Um, and you, it's, it's based off a, a affluent neighborhood in Sioux Falls, McKinnon Park, familiar? <laughs> Anyone out there Anyone in the McKinnon, McKinnon Park neighborhood? Not this crowd. Oh, okay. A <laughs> <laughs> couple people. Very good. Um, so this meme skit is trick-or-treating in McKinnon Park neighborhood. <laughs> trick-or-treat! Well, hello there, trick-or-treaters. Why, what do we have here? A little spooky ghoul, a cute lion, and a firefighter? How wonderful. Come on in, I've got full-size candy bar bars. Go ahead, make your pick of any candy bar you'd like. In fact, take two. No, take three. Now hold out those bags. I've got something extra special for you all. Here you go. Oh, wow. More full-size candy bars. Oh, that's what you think. Go ahead and tear open those wrappers, kids. What? No way. $100 bills? Wow. These candy bars are laced with Benjamins. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Don't spend it all in one place. Or do. I don't care. <laughs> Trick or treat! My, my, my. What fantastic costumes you all have on. Now do I have a treat for you. These are some homemade eclairs, macarons, and chocolate croissants. <laughs> but my mom says I can't take any candy that isn't wrapped. 
<laughs> oh, child, do you know what neighborhood in which you are trick-or-treating? <laughs> Believe you me, these are Halloween home-baked goods you can actually trust. Go ahead, take a bite. Mm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Trick-or-treat! Well, happy Halloween, little ones. You all look magnificently adorable, don't you? I've got something extra special for each of you. Keys? Precisely, to your brand new Porsche! <laughs> A different colored one for each of you. Now go on, get out of here, you little monsters. Oh wow. That's I don't have my license. I don't, I, oh. I don't either. Wow. Trick or treat. Ah, oh. <laughs> you scared me with your beautiful costumes. <laughs> you all look simply divine. Well, I better get you that treat before I get a nasty little trick. Shan't I? <laughs> Here you are. Full ride scholarships to Harvard and a spot on their crew team. Go Crimson. What's a Crimson? But I'm 12. Good evening, little ghosts and ghouls. How utterly terrifying you all are. And how utterly terrifying retirement can be. So to help... Ease that fear. You all get full pensions when you turn 30, 55. And long-term insurance to boot. Oh, isn't life grand? <laughs> uh, thanks, I guess. I don't know what that means. I'd rather have Skittles. <laughs> and that's my name. It's still their favorite. It's still their favorite. <laughs> Now, I know the full pension is a trick, not a treat. It's 2022, not 1952. But a boy can believe in the magic of Western European-style social systems, right? <laughs> Here's Do You Believe in Magic by the Love and Spoonful. starts and it's magic if the music is groovy it makes you feel happy like an old-time movie i'll tell you about the magic it'll free your soul but it's like trying to tell a stranger about rock and roll if you believe in magic don't bother to choose if it's your band music or rhythm and blues just go and listen it'll start with a smile it won't wipe off your face no matter how morning till it's just you and me and maybe if the music is right I'll meet you tomorrow sort of late at night and we'll go dancing baby then you'll see how the magic's in the music and the music's in me yeah do you believe in magic yeah believe in the magic of a young girl's soul believe in the magic 
Well, that was a nice pick-me-up before we delve into the spooky stories and soundscape of Fear Falls Radio Theater. <laughs> Writing and performing her original work, here's Mo Hurley with a story entitled Ghost Notes. Good evening, listeners. It's time to settle in for another chilling story of suburban suspense. From the slumbering heads of Mount Rushmore to the twin and windy cities, from the unseen depths of the Great Lakes to the rustling husks of cornfields across the heartland, who knows what ghouls and crawling creatures lurk among us under the Midwest moon. Every rooftop and coffee shop is suspect here on Fear Falls Radio Theater. Months ago, half asleep in a tedious budget meeting at work, Matt made up his mind to finally start a band. He had just spent his recent bonus on a shiny lacquered drum set in tangerine burst orange, and he knew Chris, his best friend since childhood, would be on board immediately. Finding rehearsal space proved easy as well. The friends decided on Matt's garage, which was ideal, bordered by a stretch of woods on one side and unintrusive neighbors on the other. The men called themselves the Ghost Notes, named for the quiet hits played between beats in drumming, notes so soft they almost weren't there. In honor of their band name, Matt hung a string of lights shaped like ghosts from the ceiling of the garage, and the white spirits spun and swayed in the breeze while they played. Matt had always regretted not starting a band with Chris when they were still in school. Both had gotten into music early, learning instruments as elementary students, and even taking lessons together, but their paths split in middle school. As Chris leaned into music, growing more talented and invested, Matt pulled back, his childhood imaginary friend, a shy ghost named Sully, accompanied Matt uncomfortably long into adolescence. And when Matt was finally able to shake the childish companion, he moved on to drawing Sully, creating comics that followed the ghost on fictional adventures. Throughout high school, Chris had begged Matt to start a two-man group with him, a duo to play music at house parties and school dances. But Matt had bowed out, Instead, illustrating ghost stories in the bleachers while Chris played in the pet band. But all of that was forgotten anytime they set up their instruments in Matt's garage. Two men every bit as giddy as their teenage selves. The summer had been a busy one, full of writing original songs, and when they'd created enough to make an album, the two dreamed up a video trailer for their music. They envisioned a rough, documentary-style glimpse of the process. All the sweat and speaker feedback, the numb fingers and grins of celebration at nailing tricky bits. Come October, Matt and Chris spent an entire weekend filming their rehearsal. Leaves whipped like red and gold confetti into the open garage as they played, Matt on drums and Chris on guitar and vocals. The chilled air made everything feel more alive, more vital, and revived even the most lifeless songs from their repertoire. Afterward, the two celebrated, feeling punch drunk and accomplished. When Chris finally headed home, Matt moved to his computer to upload the weekend's footage. He couldn't wait to start editing the video, his mind already bounding ahead to how he would cut it all together. 
But moments into the recording, in the first strains of their second song, Matt saw something strange in the background of the video, the headlights of his parked car blinking on and off, a strange Morse code series of blips. Neither man had noticed the lights that afternoon, both fully absorbed in the music, but now, Fear closed like heavy metallic symbols around Matt's chest, and he reached for his phone to call Chris. But just then, Matt heard a rhythmic noise from the dark hallway behind him, like a steady, soft clap. He paused the video and wheeled around, straining to listen. It carried on, an ominous tap, tap, tap. The sound was so soft, Matt couldn't be sure he'd heard anything at all. Had he blown his ears out playing too loudly that weekend? Cautiously, Matt rose from his desk and followed the sound to the end of the darkened hallway, where he shuddered to see a thin line of light shining beneath the door to the garage. He steadied himself, struggling to control his breathing, and pushed the door open. The light of a single lamp shone from the ground beside his drum kit, casting shadows from below like a footlight on an empty stage. The garage door was rolled shut, its dark windows, small glimpses of the moonless night outside. Overhead, the string of ghost lights swayed inexplicably, dancing in the still room. Matt searched among the thick tangle of mic and amp cords that snaked across the floor, looking for a muffled metronome or some stray animal whose pattering feet could explain the noise. He found neither. The tap, tap, tapping continued at the same muted volume, the same steady pace. He dropped to his hands and knees in the dim light to search beneath storage shelves and peer under his car, but he saw nothing. Half a breath later, as his search brought his face within inches of the drum set, he knew the sound. It was the snare, ghost notes played by unseen hands. The impossible notes struck the drumhead perfectly in sync with Matt's pulse, quiet strikes between each heartbeat, the two quickening in unison, faster and faster, until both stopped dead at the appearance of Sully, spectral and smiling, from Matt's seat behind the drum kit. Oh, thank you, Mo. So what made you start this podcast? You know, I just love spooky stories. and Have you always loved them? Did you, did you watch scary movies and so forth? I did. Okay. Probably too early, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a Goosebumps kid, too. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those monster stories. Where can we find your podcast? It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. It's Fear Falls. Fear Falls. Excellent. <laughs> By the way, one more thing to talk about with Mo. Uh, for those that don't know, she is also a local playwright. She was in a contest at the uh, Premier Playhouse, and her one-act play was chosen as one of the two that will be presented in the Premier premieres coming up in late February. So once again, Mo Hurley, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Ah, from ghosts to zombies. Halloween is the time of year when the line between life and death seems to blur. Here's Zombie by the Cranberries. Zombie by the Cranberries. 
The time has come. The saga of our friend Dale is about to come to a dramatic bone-chilling end. Or is it? <laughs> Sequels are all the rage these days. Anyway, here's the grand finale of Murder in Midtown. Chapter 5, Murder, he wrote. Previously on Murder in Midtown, we watched pitiful Dale Dinkley continue to ponder the idea of murdering his very own grandma, the bane of his existence. She recently took it one step too far, showing up to teach Dale's sex ed class and revealing to his middle school students that he's still a lonely 39-year-old with no hope for love. Will Dale stop dragging his feet and finally put a deathly end to the source of all his misery? Will he ultimately quench his bloodlust and stop teasing us all with his Midwestern inability to take action? Will the deplorable, despicable, deadbeat Dale just do something already? Please, you're killing me with your lack of killing. It's called murder in Midtown for goodness sakes. So make it happen. I'm killing you with my lack of killing. Huh. You, you know what, Mr. Narrator? You may be onto something. It is about time I took some action. Thank you. Yeah. Took some action and ended the source of all my misery. What? What are you talking about, dude? You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's not my parents, my friends, or even my horrible grandmother who's really driving me to the brink of murder. It's you. The voice inside my head who's constantly berating me with insults, telling me I'm not good enough, and pushing me toward homicide. Don't be a fool. Oh, Dale. no. I'm not. Not anymore. I'm cutting these puppet strings you've had attached to me. I control you and not the other way around. Step aside, Mr. Narrator. I'm replacing you. What? No, 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 no. You can't do this to me, Dale. I'm on your side. It's the world who's against you, not me. No, Dale. No! 
murder he rewrote. Dale changes the narrative. Previously on Murder in Midtown, Dale discovered that it was simply the narration in his own mind that was causing him to be vile. So what did he do about it? Well, he started seeing a therapist. Once a week, he would talk about his feelings with a licensed counselor, and over time, he was able to take back control of his own thoughts. And after lots of open, vulnerable conversations with his grandma, Dale was able to connect with her on a level he never imagined possible. Oh, Dale, I'm so proud of you for conquering those demons inside your head. Thanks, Grandma. It's taken a long time, but I realized that the most important work I could do was to work on myself. I'll never understand you Gen Zers, but sure, whatever you say, Dale. Now, since you've finally found yourself, uh, why don't we focus on getting you a wife so I can have some grandbabies? <laughs> You're so funny, Grandma. I guess some, some things never change, huh? Here, why don't you have another slice, slice of cake? It's gluten-free, right? You know I'm deathly allergic to gluten, don't you, Dale? Oh, I know, Grandma. I know. <laughs> Has Dale finally turned a new page and escaped from the murderous voice inside his head? Is that slice of cake he just served his grandma really gluten-free? Has Dale actually killed off the old narrator? Find out all this and more next time, well, maybe, on Murder in Midtown. I like to think that the changing of leaves, transitioning from life to death, save their most vibrant and glorious colors for their final act. For us, facing our own mortality can make our everyday lives more beautiful and poignant too. Here's If We Were Vampires by Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. not the long flowing dress that you're in or the light coming off of your skin the fragile art you protected for so long or the mercy in your sense of right and wrong it's not your hand searching for in the dark or your nails leaving love's water it's not the way you talk me off the roof. Your questions lack directions to the truth. It's knowing that this can't go on forever. Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone. Maybe we'll get 40 years together, but one day I'll be gone. One day Vampires and death was a joke We 
go out on the sidewalk and smoke and laugh at all the lovers and their plans. I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand. Maybe time running out is a gift. I'll work hard till the end of my shift and give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind it's knowing that this can't go on forever likely one of us will have to spend some days alone maybe we'll get 40 years together but one day I'll be gone or one day you'll be Let's try to soldier on in true Midwest fashion by trying to make jokes when things get too real. Here's our next dumb sketch. The life and death and life of a pumpkin. It was a crisp, beautiful October day out in the pumpkin patch. All of the pumpkins had proudly grown to a plump full size. Some were long and stretched out, others were squatty and round, some had long, twirly stems, and others had a few wart-like bumps on them. We now join one of those beautiful orange pumpkins, so full of zest, and oh, so hopeful to be chosen by the human visitors. Ah, oh, gee, what a perfect day. I've been working so hard on growing and now that I've reached my full size, I can't wait to be chosen by some humans and be given a forever home. <gasps> oh, 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 here comes a nice family now. Oh, honey, look at this one. It's just perfect. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's quite nice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Kids, what do you think? We love it. Let's get Let's it. Get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the humans took out some pruning shears and separated the pumpkin from his long stem. Ouch! Ow! Ow! Hey! Hey! That hurt a little bit. Okay. Oh well. Well, at least I'm on my way 
home. Back at the family's house. Time to carve the pumpkin, kids. First, we gotta cut a hole in the top. Cut it! Cut it! Cut it! What? 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 Cut a hole in the in the top of my head? What do you mean? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! The agony! Oh no! 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 And now let's reach in there and scoop out all the guts and seeds, kids. Guts and seeds. Guts and seeds. Guts and seeds. No, no, stop it. What are you doing to me? Oh, you murderous animals. Carve the face. Carve the face. Carve the face. No, no more. Please don't do anything. Anything. The little pumpkin did, in fact, get his wish. The humans stopped carving only to place him outside with a burning candle inside of him that scorched his innards. Ah! I'm burning to death! Please make it go away! Somebody blow it out! Anybody! Fire! 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 At last, Halloween passed, and our brave little pumpkin could finally rest a minute. You beasts of Satan! Well, at least after the squirrels had finished devouring bits of his remaining body, he could finally find some peace. What? What are you teenagers doing hey, here? Hey, a pumpkin. Hey, hey let's, let's take it. Why are you picking me up? Leave me alone. No, don't throw me. <laughs> no! Another Halloween come and gone. Another innocent, bright-eyed pumpkin's life cut too short. And yet, with this death comes new life. The seeds that were violently scraped from the insides of our dear pumpkin were then placed in the family's compost bin, which sprouted up to make new pumpkins the following year. And that, my friends, is the circle of life. Eat the seeds! Eat the seeds! Eat the seeds! And that's the life of a pumpkin. And death and life and death. Life and death and life. All right. Uh, who out here has seen Hocus Pocus 2? It's a cultural phenomenon for elderly millennials. Uh, so to be relevant, here's the song that is parodied in the original Hocus Pocus, I Put a Spell on You, originally by the Screamin' Jay Hawkins, as covered by Annie Lennox. As covered by me. I put a spell on you Because you're mine You better stop the things you do I tell you I ain't lying I ain't lying You know I can't stand it You're running around Daddy, I can't stand it cause you 
Speaking of chills, Nick, I heard you were poking around the restricted section of the Midtown Book Nook again. So Guilty. What were you poking your nose into over there? Oh, uh, I was trying to find myself something scary, mm-hmm. and I did. Do tell. Taking a more serious note tonight, mm-hmm. and going to be reading Edgar Allan Poe, Annabelle Lee written in 1849. And tonight, Crystal is going to be accompanying me. It was many and many a year ago, in a kingdom by the sea, that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child, and she was a child, in this kingdom by the sea. But we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabelle Lee. With a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago, in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee so that her high-born kinsmen came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea, 
The angels, not so, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so, all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Our last song puts in plain words one of the deepest desires. When it's our time to go, we just want to go in peace. This applies to life and to parties. The only thing better than a Midwest goodbye is an Irish one. Here's The Spiritual by Jukebox the Ghost. Some walk quiet, some walk loud. Sometimes people yell, but they don't know what they're yelling about. I've said things I didn't mean, but I already said them out loud. Forgive me if you can find out how. You could rise, you could sing. Some keep filled up with the secrets that they think they need. Oh, whatever will the others think? That you're human like the rest of us weak. Lord above me to my knees bring me. It's a call I don't often make. This is the rarest of these, fair enough. Again, you got the best of me. Now let me go, let me go in peace. I should have left, but for you, I'll stay. There's a part of me that likes it when it burns that way. I put my finger time and time through an open flame Going slowly so the burn reminds me That we might have kissed a bit too soon I could feel what was coming and I didn't mean to hurt you I just knew the time would find our fingers linked through and through Forgive me, I'm human too Lord above 
on me to my knees Bring me it's a call I don't often make This is the rarest of pleas Fair enough Again you got the best of me Now let me go Let me go in peace I walk the night as the rain turned to sleet, then to ice, the roads became cruel and left me to my vices. So I drank, stood, said, then walked down into the street, singing, Come on, cause life take me, Lord, above me to my knees, bring me, it's a call. Don't often make This is the rarest of pleas Fair enough Again you got the best of me Now let me go Let me go in peace No, let me go Let me go It is now time to announce our next Midtown Mug Club member. Drum roll, please, and thank you, Tyson. Wendy Mamer. <laughs> Wendy's one of those people who lifts the spirits of everyone she meets. Between her and her mom, Patty's kind words, we feel like we can, nay, we have to keep doing this little show. Wendy is also doing something very brave right now, running for the District 14 house seat. If we lived in District 14, we'd be voting for you, friend. Also, everyone, please remember to go vote. Early voting has begun. Election Day, November 8. Yay, democracy! Now for the benediction. What if this life did last forever? Would it be as special? Well, only elves can answer that question, and we just have gnomes here tonight, so I'll just take a stab at it. I guess I would say that the fact that none of this lasts forever is exactly what also makes it special. It's where we get that bittersweet feeling when we look at our kids doing cute little kid things, but we know they won't be this way forever. That's how we feel about our pets. Where the older they get, the more we appreciate every snuggle and walk in their perfectly soft ears. Without the impermanence, those moments wouldn't mean as much, which feels like a terrible system. Who set this up anyway? Anyway, if it were up to me, I would close this out by reading you the lyrics to the Jason Isbell song that the blend so beautifully covered. Well. It is up to me, so I will. He's saying, if we were vampires and death was a joke, we'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke and laugh at all the lovers and their plans. I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand. That's what the promise of death gives us. 
the freedom and urgency to truly live. So friends, let's get together, sing together our closing song as we leave this friendly place. Thanks for joining us this evening. My name's Dave Holly, and I am proud to be alongside our house blend, including Marin Engel, Matt Morrison, Wade Gamar, Tyson Kahn, Crystal Peterson, and band leader Nick Jackson. Big thanks to Mo Hurley from Fear Falls Radio Theater for sharing her spooky story with us, and to our neighborhood gnomes, Anastasia and Sir Kensington, for stopping by, spreading a little magic. Special thanks, as always, to our number one idea gal, Tina Jackson, and to our sound guy, Adam Ellsworth. Thank you, Augustana University, for hosting us in the back alley, and thank you all for coming and listening. We hope to see you at our next and last show of the fall series on December 1st. So mark your calendars. It'll be a Thanksgiving Christmas mashup. Oh, and make sure to grab a Midtown t-shirt before they sell out. Remember, Midtowners, we'll always give you a Grandma Olga special. All you have to do is ask. Oh!